Welcome to this Data Cert podcast with our resident matter and spend management implementation expert, Mandy Purrington. Mandy is a managing director in Data Cert's professional services group, and today she'll be providing us with some food for thought and practical tips regarding implementing a matter and spend management solution that supports your department's long-term technology strategy. So Mandy, can you please begin by telling us a little bit about your background? Sure. So I actually started my career in my client shoes as part of an in-house legal team for a large corporate manufacturing company. Um, I started as a paralegal and then I transitioned to a more technical role as part of the IT team that was dedicated to the legal department. Um, At the time, we were using a homegrown matter management system that we'd really outgrown. I participated in the new matter management system selection process. It was during that design and requirements phases that I discovered that I have a passion for figuring out how technology can help make a legal department run more effectively and efficiently. And then I went to work for a matter and spin management solution vendor where I was part of the services team and supported and led system implementation projects. Um, All of this has led to my current role here at DataCert where I oversee and direct multiple client projects at once. So Mandy, to give us an idea of the depth of your experience, how many matter and spend management system implementations have you done over the course of your career? And if you could also describe a little about their typical complexity. I'd say probably supported or led more than 25 matter and spend implementation projects over the past 14 years or so. They've been projects of all sizes for departments that range from five to over a thousand users Um, one to nearly 50 office locations, and from three to 15 different practice areas. So I've really seen a lot. So Mandy, in your experience, what is the number one question a legal department should ask to drive the design of its matter and spend management solution? I try to tell clients to begin with the end in mind, meaning what does my GC need to see? Um, If you can answer that question, you'll be able to define the reports you need and then those reports will enable you to define the data that you need to capture. If that data is located in another system, um, you might be defining requirements for a data migration or an integration with that system. And if that data needs to be captured by a user, you're identifying the types of fields needed in your system. My point is, start by thinking about your end game, meeting the needs of the GC, and then let your system design flow from there. Are there some common causes of going over time or budget with an implementation project that our listeners should be on the lookout for, particularly those that are largely going to be influenced on the client side? Um, I probably can't emphasize enough the importance of trying to keep your system design streamlined because scope creep can have a huge impact on your project's timeline. So I'm constantly reminding clients of the 80-20 rule, meaning when you're defining your requirements, Don't build for all of your exceptions, build for the majority. And if you get bogged down in what ifs, you'll end up with a system that takes longer to implement and is difficult for your users. To give you an example, we've had clients who insisted they needed several hundred different matter types and subtypes. If we'd supported this requirement, users trying to do the simple task of adding a matter to the system would have had a terrible time deciding which matter to choose, and this would have led to inaccuracies in reports driven off of matter types. So really focus on your end game and try to keep things simple. Okay, so besides scope creep, what are some other things that our listeners should be watching out for? Um, Client participation in the project is also critical. 
It sounds simple, but ensuring that client-side resources are available to review and accept project deliverables based on the plan's schedule is huge. My team can't move the project forward without the client's acceptance of design plans, test plans, and such, so when there's no one available to review these things, timelines get pushed out. So plan ahead and commit resources to your project. Um, and then I have to mention data migration, which can be a huge driver of project timelines when a legacy matter and spin system is being replaced. I encourage clients to think really hard about the historical reporting they will need to be able to do and the data that's required. Don't just bring over all of the data from the old system just because. So that's a great point regarding mapping of historical data. For listeners who are considering replacing an existing system, is there a sort of best practice recommendation for how much historical data you should be bringing over? Honestly, there's not a single industry standard recommendation that I can share here because it's not a one-size-fits-all type of recommendation. Some industries are highly regulated, and so from a legal and compliance standpoint, the company may have to map over a large volume of historical data. But as I just said, this decision is largely going to be driven by your department's historical reporting needs. So if there's data that you need once a year to run a report, I'd encourage you to look into whether your IT department will allow you to store it somewhere outside of the matter system and just pull it in for annual reporting purposes. So Mandy, in your 14 years of implementation experience with these types of systems, What's the number one mistake you've seen clients make, and how does it negatively impact a project? So I'd say the most common issue I've seen is clients who insist on tracking hundreds of fields in the system. When this happens, users aren't able to keep up with the amount of data entry required, and then very quickly start using outside sources again to track their matters, like Excel spreadsheets. So this scenario can be a disaster. Um, because number one, the users become discouraged and overwhelmed and therefore don't buy into the system's use. Um, number two, reporting. The key value of your matter management system becomes difficult because the necessary data isn't getting into the system. It's sitting in an Excel spreadsheet instead. This speaks again to the importance of keeping things simple within your system design. So what would you recommend doing to help ensure that users buy into the system so that our listeners don't end up investing in a system that simply doesn't get used? First and foremost, get your end users involved in the project. They definitely need to have a voice, at least during the design phase of the project. I've also seen clients who very successfully created a user advisory council that has representatives from a cross-section of the department who participate in all phases of the project. Okay, got it. Now, what about some other tips? Um, you'll want to invest in training for your users, not just up front at the initial implementation. Over time, you'll make enhancements and changes to the system that impact its day-to-day -day usage, so just don't assume that the users will figure it out. Investing in formal training will avoid user frustration, and frankly, you don't want users just guessing how to complete the new fields you've added. The accuracy of your reporting is going to be negatively impacted if this happens. And buy a system known for its usability. Um, some vendors have invested a lot more than others in the design and usability of their system. Our Passport solution is recognized by an industry analyst as being the usability leader. For example, we offer the deepest integration with Outlook available. 
Legal staff love that they can do a lot of their day-to-day management of matters from directly within Outlook because we're automatically syncing all of their appointments, contacts, and emails over to Passport, saving them a lot of time. So really look at usability as you're evaluating systems. To wrap up our conversation, as our listeners anticipate starting a matter and spend system implementation in their own departments, can you leave them with just a few ideas regarding some practical things that perhaps they can start thinking about now that could ultimately help to cut down the time and cost of their system implementation? Absolutely. Um, I'd advise you to start thinking about your application security model now and get buy-in to keep it as open as possible. Um, Having a ton of different user or security groups within your application not only makes it more complex to design, but heavily siloing your data and not sharing it across your department also defeats one of the key purposes of a matter management system, which is to share and collaborate internally so you can learn from others. So start some internal discussions now about security. Okay, any other ideas? Um, I'd say also go through the process now of rationalizing and standardizing matter types across practice areas. So this will keep you from ending up as the legal department that forces its users to pick from a confusing menu of hundreds of matter types and will ultimately help to ensure that you're able to get accurate reports out of the system. What about if you have an existing system? Are there any specific tips to prepare for migrating over to a new system? Well, I'd go ahead and evaluate the need and usefulness of each report or saved query in your current matter and spend system. Um, All too often, a client will instruct my team to just rebuild all of their reports, but do you really need us to rebuild a thousand saved queries? If you sat down and honestly evaluate which ones are actively being used by your department, I bet you'd find that many aren't used and that rebuilding them would be a waste of time and money. But as part of your implementation, my team will definitely consult with you in all of the areas I just mentioned to help you get it right. But putting some preliminary thought into each of these areas will lay some groundwork for those discussions. Well, it definitely sounds like our listeners have their homework cut out for them. Mandy, thank you for sharing some of your expertise with us today. My pleasure. If you found this podcast to be informative, I encourage you to visit our website for more podcasts from data cert experts in business intelligence, information security, usability, and effective training and knowledge transfer strategy.